BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say uh, go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, the Buffalo Bills have officially released their official death chart. What does it mean? We've got position battles left, right, center. We've got things to talk about. Join me right now. It's the Buffalo Fanatics. It's the Rico Report. See you in a second. Let's go. Rico Report brought to you by the Buffalo Fanatics. Let's go. Welcome. We've got things to talk about, baby. Let's go. We've got the depth chart. It's been put out there. There's things that we knew what were going to happen, and there are things that are still unanswered, right? Cornerback two position, unanswered. Middle linebacker position, unanswered. But there is one answer, though. The right guard position, and that is the battle between Mr. Osiris Torrance and our guy, Ricky Bates, right? But before we get into all that, uh, welcome to new viewers. Welcome to old viewers and those that have been supporting us. Uh, smash that like while you guys get in the room real quick. Show some love. And if you have not subscribed, subscribe to the channel. It's very simple. If you want to support the Buffalo Fanatics, support BF.com. That's it, man. It's really that simple. Um, and uh, we go from there, folks. So let's let's get right into the nitty-gritty. Let's get right into the nitty-gritty, man. Camp. Listen, we're at what less than less than a week away from our first preseason game, and uh, I gotta I gotta show some love before we get into Bills talk. I gotta show some love to coach of the Tennessee Titans, Mike Vrabel. And if you're not aware of why I'm showing some love to Mike Vrabel, uh, let me tell you this, man. Let me let, let's be real. When you look at the coaching around the NFL, and it's been an ongoing battle for decades. Right. And uh, it's it's gotten better. It's improved, but it still needs vast improvement. And that's the coaching. 
the coaching hires of the minority, the black coaches, not many out there, right? Less than a handful of head coaches that are out there and there are 32 jobs out there. And uh, in order to get an opportunity, you've got, to be, you've got to be given an opportunity. And what I love about what Coach Vrabel has done, and he's given an opportunity to one of his, his coaches, I believe is Tyrell Williams, I want to say. Um, and he's given uh, one of his coaches an opportunity to be the head coach for the first preseason game. That is how you become a leader. That's how you lead your guys. You want to show love to your coaches. You want to show love because they, if they go and interview, get interviewed for these jobs, it's just a, it's a recycling. They keep recycling the same old coaches to these jobs, or it's about who you know. So you know what? You're going to gain some experience by coaching your first preseason game. It's not like he's washing his hands of the position. Mike Vrabel is going to be there, but he's giving his coach the reins. I absolutely love that. That is how you become a leader. That's a big lead. That's a big step. Um, so listen, I love it. Uh, you guys are saying my audio is off. I hope it's uh, everything is good to go. Uh, but anyways, I'm loving every bit of it. And uh, kudos to Coach Vrabel for such a such a fine move. Um, and I mean, listen, McDermott gives me the impression that he's that type of guy. He's the type of person that would kind of take a seat and then let his coach. I mean, I'd love to see Eric Washington take over and see what Eric Washington can do. That would be dope, right? So uh, let's go. My man James Massey's asked me, why am I wearing Bears a Cubs hat? There's more sentimental value to the Cubs hat. If you look at the back here, it says Ottawa, right? And you can be like, yo, why does it say Ottawa? Well, it's uh, the sentimental value to the hat. So it really is really nothing to do with this. It's just, it's about who gave it to me and what it means. But anyway, we'll move on from that. But anyway, so let's get into the nitty gritty. The depth chart is out. Are you shocked by the depth chart? Are you like, this is exactly what I expected? Well, let's dive into it. Let's dive into the offensive side of the depth chart. Let me just, uh, let me put, put this up there. Uh, so we're nice and clear so we know exactly what's going on. So here's the offensive side of the depth chart, folks. I mean, if you think about it and you look at what we see here, nothing's changed. Josh Allen is your clear-cut number one quarterback and followed by Kyle Allen and then Matt Barkley. Uh, those two, honestly, if you think about it, they're interchangeable, really. Uh, Kyle Allen having the edge, I guess youth does the, does the trick. He's got some experience behind him, but I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Barkley was like, you know what? I'm taking over that second spot, but that's not what my Barkley's here for. So Kyle Allen will take the reins as the QB two. I mean, there's really not much to talk about. Josh Allen is that guy. He will always remain that guy. And uh, we, we depend on 17 to lead us to a Super Bowl. I mean, that's the goal, right? That's always the goal. But let's move to the running back room. So James Cook takes the, the helm, which we all knew what was going to happen. Now, middle of the season, I, I, I think I, I feel that things are going to change. Things will change. I think the, the the touches will then eventually start to even out. And then Damian Harris will then become our clear-cut number one. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. If James Cook, the guy that we drafted in the second round, comes in and shows that he's proven he's that guy to take over, I'm with it. I'm all the way with it. But I, I just, I don't know. I think the, the his frame um, and the vigors of the NFL and once those cold months start to appear we will find out but then you go back and look at the bears game when it was brick that it was brick cold out there in chicago and my man was doing his thing so maybe that goes out the window maybe he is that guy and and this is going to be an opportunity for him to be to, to prove himself that he can you know what I mean take on the 10 
15, maybe 20 touches a game. Highly doubtful, <laughs> highly doubtful. But um, if he makes the most of his touches, we're laughing. I mean, we're in a great position. So uh, RB1 as of right now is James Cook, followed by Damian Harris, and then Latavius Murray. All right. So we've got uh, Darrington Evans, obviously, as our the depth pieces. And then you've got uh, Jordan Mims uh, out there. Now, don't forget, we got our fullback, Reggie Gilliam, our guy, our guy Sledge. So uh, special teams ace, can't play tight end. He's a pretty much do-it-all type of player. So Reggie Gilliam doing his thing. And I got to say, man, I loved every bit of it. And when I interviewed uh, Reggie Gilliam for the first time, and I told him, is I mean, Pat DeMarco's on the squad, and Pat DeMarco's a well-respected player, but I think that you present more for this team. And I think that you're going to unseat him. And he'll, oh, no, no, no. And sure enough, what are we going to year three now? So shout out to my man, Reggie Gill. You're doing your damn thing. Let's keep it pushing, right? Let's go to, let's go to the offensive side of the ball. And this is what's very, I'm curious, and I'm interested in this, right? Because we know who our starters are. Deion Dawkins at the left tackles, one of the better left tackles in the game, uh, top left tackles in the game. And then you've got Connor McGovern. We haven't really heard much about Connor McGovern and how he's really doing in camp, if you really go out there and and you peruse and look at all the articles, there's not a whole lot. I went looking. I was like, okay, this, he's just a clear cut starter and lock in, but there's not really much depth in knowing like how he's doing and so on and so forth, right? Uh, I'd love to see more and know more about what's going on, but we'll we'll soon find out once preseason hits and how many snaps he gets. But I'm curious to see what 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 the what the great things that are happening with Connor McGovern and on the left side of the line, but. They like him enough that uh, he's still there. Uh, so Connor McGovern will hold it down at left guard alongside Deion Dawkins. And then we've got the uh, the old reliable Mitch Morse. And um, then we bring that over to our starting right guard, Ryan Bates. And then we've got Spencer Brown at the right tackle spot. And uh, our guy Dawson Knox starting at tight end. But, you know, you know good and well. You and I both know good and well that Dawson Knox is obviously tight end, but then Kincaid is tight end slash receiver. He's like your Darren Waller type of player where you can kind of split him out wide. He's like, he's like the, 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 the light version of Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was a bigger boy, so you can actually put him in line, but you could put him outside and put him out wide. And I remember when Jimmy Graham was fighting to get a contract, he was like, quit trying to pay me like a tight end. Cause I do a lot of receiver things. You guys, you guys throw me out to the wide and you guys got me doing jump balls and all that stuff. Well, pay me like that. And ever since that contract was put out there, you know what I'm saying? You're starting to see a lot more versatile tight ends that are able to do the things that Kincaid will do for the bills. And I know a lot of folks, you know what I'm saying? The analyst and the fantasy cats that are out there are talking about, yo, do not, you know what I mean? Depend on these rookie tight ends. They don't, they don't produce. It's just what it is over time. They will. But I, I I beg to differ. I think that we're going to see a lot of production out of Kincaid early this season, and uh, and I'm not mincing my words. I think it's just going to happen. We didn't draft this brother in a tight end at that, a tight end at that. We didn't draft this brother just to you know what I'm saying look cute on the sideline, man. We're gonna get you out there. We're gonna get the football to you, and uh, we're gonna make you work. You know what I'm saying like we go, we're, we you're part of this. You're a key piece to moving this offense to do what we need to do to get in the creativity. Don't forget, we brought in OJ Howard last year and we probably had more. You know what I mean? So we probably had plans for OJ. You know what I'm saying? We had plans for OJ, but it just didn't quite work out. My man didn't even make the cuts and he was, he was out of here. 
what I'm saying? So maybe Kincaid is what we needed to, to really propel this offense to what Ken Dorsey really wants to do. So will we get the Ken Dorsey that we all anticipated last year? And he all he puts it together because there's one piece that he's able to kind of move around and manipulate defenses. We shall see. We shall see. I'm very much looking forward to it. So uh, back to the old line. We've got the depth pieces. We've got Tommy Doyle that's been beating like a drum um, in camp, but he's also coming off a big time injury. So you can't fault him too much. We've got former uh, Rams guard uh, David Edwards as depth piece. That's a great depth piece, by the way. Greg Mance. And we've got the rookie Osiris Torrance that's going to be backing up Ryan Bates. And uh, Brandon Shell, uh, tackle Brandon Shell. Now, here's the good thing about uh, Osiris Torrance, the fact that we stole him and got him in the second round. Keep this in mind. Ryan Bates is so interchangeable. You can put him from left tackle to right tackle to damn near center. And he does every position well. So, God forbid something happens to one of our, our linemen, Right. In comes, I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to you know, jump over David Andrews, um, for instance, right? But if you look at look at the way this line is played out, if Connor McGovern goes down, most likely Dave Edwards goes in. But if Mitch Morse goes out, I could probably see, you know what I'm saying, Ryan Bates going in and then Osiris Torrance then replacing Ryan Bates. So if once Ryan Bates is inserted into the line with whoever he's replacing, Right, Deion Dawkins has to take a him you know, take a couple a couple breathers. In comes, I mean, I, I'd prefer Ryan Bates at that left tackle instead of Tommy Doyle, and then Osiris Torrance will then fill in at the right guard position. So he will be on the bench, but how long will he be on the bench? And that's 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 the question, right? And we like Ryan Bates. I think he's, he brings a he presents stability, he presents awareness, he presents his veteran abilities, and. Sometimes rookies just take some time, man. They take some time. Unless your physical abilities can't propel you to that that spot and and very clear, then that means you, you're you're not there yet. And Ryan Bates is just he's just a clear cut um, starter at the at this moment. So shout out to Ryan Bates. You battled it out with the rook, and uh, you you get to keep your position. So uh, kudos to you. Now before we get into the receiver room, before we get into the receiver room, let me let me jump in on comments questions that are that are coming in right now so i know you guys are firing those things in there um and salute to the chat by the way if you guys are in here and uh have not uh, you mean you guys are just getting back into it now i know that the off season sometimes is the time for you guys to just chill out and now that the season is ramping back up you're starting to get back onto the screen and watching salute smash that like if you have not been here in a while and if you have been here in a while and how long have you been let me know in the chat there's an ability for you to kind of show us how long you've been here and salute to y'all, and uh, hopefully I can get a chance to kind of go back and read some of the comments. So um, I got a question from JK saying, hey, Rico, you going to any games this year? Man, I hope to. I really hope to. But these days, man, with inflation, with, with prices for flights and all that stuff, it's tough, man. You got kids. I got I to gotta prioritize. I got to prioritize. But the plan is always to try to go to one game at least a year. I'm trying to, trying to make it work. You know what I'm saying? Flights, rentals. You guys already know the drill. I, you already know, right? So once I'm able to kind of secure that down, then it's about picking the right game to go to, right? I ain't, I don't do winter games. That ain't for me. You know what I'm saying? That just ain't for me. One of these days I will just to kind of say I've done it, but I'm more, I'm more of a September, October guy, right? Once November hits, that ain't, I ain't your guy. Once December hits, don't even look my way. January, don't even call me because <laughs> we ain't doing that. We don't do, we don't do the cold stuff, man. 
October, September, you got me. You can hit me up. That's how we do, man. I got a super chat coming in from my guy. What's up, David B? What's up, David? David comes in and says, you know what? I'm just trying to hear. I'm just here to show you some love and tell you go Bills. And I appreciate that, Dave. Let's go. My, my man, Cody Benz. What's up, Cody? <laughs> my man, Cody Benz. Yo, you're new if you've never seen the cubby hat. It's true. He's right, though, because I've been wearing this for a minute, man. I've been wearing this for a minute. So let's keep it pushing. Let's keep it pushing. And if you guys have any questions, I'll come back and, and chat y'all up. So uh, let's get back into it, baby. Let's get back into it. The depth chart. So we've talked about the O-line. We've talked about the, the running back. We've talked about the tight end a little bit. I'm going to go into the tight end. I like our I like our tight end room very much, very much, because you've got Dawson Knox, one of the better tight ends in the game. You got Dalton Kincaid that's going to make a name for himself. It's a it's a guarantee. Quentin Morris is solid depth piece. I don't care what anybody tells me. If any of our guys go down, and I don't want it to happen, but if any of our guys go down, I don't lose sleep if Quentin Morris is in. I like Quentin Morris. I think he's he's established himself as a good piece and a trustworthy piece. So him being on our squad at the, as a third tight end, and you know he's going to get some playing time, I'm I'm with the shits. I'm totally with it. And here's the the underrated signing, Jace Sternberger. Jace Sternberger was at one point a coveted, you know what I'm saying, young tight end coming out into the game. And right now, he, we were able to sign him as a depth piece, and uh, we'll see how it goes. And then we've got Joel Wilson. Um, no disrespect, but whoever that is. We've got Joel Wilson on the squad as well, right? But Jace Sternberger as a, as a deep, deep depth piece, a depth piece, you can't go wrong with that whatsoever. You just can't, right? And the most sexiest position of all, and before we get into it, the sexiest position of all is the receiver position. And we've been battling all, all offseason to find out, okay, who's going to be doing what? But they made it so simple. They made it so simple that, like, it, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. You're not sitting here going, we should keep seven receivers. You know who your six are. You know who your six are. So let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So your six receivers, right? Obviously, you've got the 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 mafia, the king mafia himself. You know what I'm saying? Stefan Diggs is holding it down as receiver one, quintessential receiver one. There's no question about it. That boy is just that dude. He is that dude. And then you've got Gabe Davis that's alongside him. I'm going to tell you right now, man, with what we've been hearing, what we've been seeing, and what we anticipate that will happen with Gabe Davis. He could have a breakout year, especially in a contract year. You know he's going to have a breakout year. He's as focused as ever. He's transformed his body to, to look like just a, just a chiseled dude just coming in and, and is about to do work. And there was a lot left on, in my opinion, there was a lot left out on the field last year. And he's, he's here to redeem himself. He's here to redeem himself and say, you know what? Y'all been sleeping on my name too long, man. So I'm gonna just put my head down, I'm gonna work hard, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to this money. Literally, because that's exactly what this is all about is getting to the money. And what I love more about players, right? And I've been fortunate enough to be in a position to interview a lot of these players. I've interviewed uh freaking Andre Reed, super dope cat, uh, to Cam Lewis, to Greg Rousseau, to and I mean I'm just to name a few, and you Deion Dawkins is one of my favorites. You you tend to know the person a lot better. And, and now you're like, man, forget about the, just the person under, like, you know what I mean, donning the uniform, wh whatever number that they have. Then you start to realize, yo, this is a genuine good person. You start to realize who they are, what they're about, and you genuinely root for them. You genuinely root for them. And Gabe Davis did a, a recent interview 
Um, and I, I don't want to, I think it's called the second wind podcast. I believe I don't want to ruin that. I don't, I want to give them their, their love and you got a, an op, an opportunity to really get to know Gabe Davis and yo, you can't help but root for the brother, man. You can't help from root for the brother. And if the bills are able to, you know what I'm saying, really catch the value that he brings to the squad, which I know they do, because if they're, if they're ready to let go of Isaiah Hodgins to keep Gabe Davis, you know, that Gabe Davis is that dude, right? And if he was a little bit faster, he would have been he would have went way higher in the draft. So the fact that he's on our squad and we have an opportunity to lock him in with Stefan Diggs, that's huge. That's a lot of money that's going to be invested into that line. I'll tell you that right now. But that's massive. Um, so if if he can parlay his way into a nice contract with the bills, why not? But he's he's slated to have a massive year. And I think we're all here for it because it just makes this whole team so unguardable if everything plays the way it's supposed to play, and everybody stays healthy, this offense is going to be something else, right? So let's keep it pushing. So Stefan Diggs, then you got Gabe Davis. Here's where it gets a little interesting. Check this out. So receiver three, look at that. <laughs> I found this very interesting, right? So you've got uh, Deontay Hardy and Khalil Shakir. So you've got those two boys battling out uh, for that receiver three spot, and then you've got Trent Sherfield coming in, at receiver five, and then you've got Justin Shorter, receiver six. I think we all knew that this this is how it was going to play out, just like this. I mean, and then you've got your 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 super depth pieces in Marcel Aitman, and you've got uh, Keyshawn Johnson, and then you got Andy Isabella on the outside, Isaiah Coulter, and Brian Thompson. These guys are on the outside looking in, very much on the outside looking in. Until injuries happen, you guys are on the practice squad. That's just what it is. But if you look deep into this, Deontay Hardy. And Khalil Shakir, I we paid Deontay Hardy a good a good amount of money. We paid him a good amount of money for him to be on this squad, and he's going to present his skill set to us. And it's gonna and it's gonna come in packages. There's gonna be package plays for this brother. He's going to stretch the field, and you're gonna have to have respect for who's on this field. But Trent Sherfield, don't sleep on Trent Sherfield, people. He's built some chemistry alongside Josh Allen, so you will see him more often than you think and not just because of his receiving abilities but because when we want to run the football and we're in the green zone around that area where it's like okay it's we can put the football up or we can run the football if you see Trent Sherfield on that field know that he can be a threat downfield but also know that we are don't don't sleep on us running the football down your damn throat pause because we will do that and when you have a guy that can block a receipt like you see, if you see, let me tell you this. You see Gabe Davis, you see Trent Sherfield, and you see Stephon Diggs on the field, and we're in the green zone. And then, you know what I'm saying? You see a little bit of uh, Dawson, that's whoever you want to put on there. So, folks, you better watch out. That, that thing, we're going to sweep that thing. It's going to be a counter. It's going to be something. But it's, that ball is coming your way, and you better be able to freaking, you know what I'm saying, man up because it down blocking is coming your way. So Trent Sherfield presents that, that threat to Take it downfield if I need to as a receiver or I block your ass right into the sideline. So uh, kudos to that. But, I mean, the receiver room is pretty much set in stone. Deontay Hardy, Kalush Shakir as the third. Uh, Kalush Shakir has worked his butt off to really show that he's capable of taking that, taking those those reps. And then we got Trent Sherfield. And then Justin Shorter is just a developmental piece that will get better along, along the season as the season progresses. And once he starts learning the ways and if he shows how he's supposed to be and what he's really supposed to be, then we we may have gotten a steal with Justin Shorter. So we shall see. But the offensive side of the ball is pretty much set. Uh, if you really think about it, the biggest battle 
that's pretty much solved as of right now was the Ryan Bates and Osiris Torrance battle, right? And it's, it's listen, at the end of the day, there's really not much to really fight about. It's this, veteran ability, awareness, experience over youth. And this is what I think this is. This is it's experience over youth. You still got a lot to learn, Osiris Torrance. You are a physical specimen, yes, but this game is a lot of mental. You can't just hear. You can't sit here and just bully people. You got to know where you're supposed to be. Your steps got to be in line, and you got to be in sync with your guys. So the advantage that Ryan Bates has is that he's been with these guys. He knows them, and he knows the line. So it makes sense to have someone that that is trustworthy, that has earned the trust. And can be on the field. And don't forget, we are protecting the most important piece on this team, and that is Josh Allen. Josh Allen, number 17, is important. So if if I'm investing in this line, I'm going to invest in this line that's going to protect my asset. And that asset is number 17. So love the fact that we brought in a rookie. But if you're not ready mentally just yet, it's okay. Chill out for a minute. We got right, we got Ricky Bates that's gonna that's gonna take care of business. And then when it's time. And you've earned your way, you'll get in the lineup, and it'll work. It'll work out the way it's supposed to eventually. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out, man. We'll, we we will really see how it plays out. Um, I got a comment coming in from uh, I think it says was it Stabby? What's up, Stabby Stab? <laughs> he said I heard Shorter been killing it in special teams. Listen, if you cannot make your way onto the squad offensively, and you're not going to get the reps, you better bust your ass on special teams and that's exactly where he's going to bust his ass special teams you got to you got no choice that's the way to make the squad if you are not that guy right away and you still got ways to develop you got time to develop then there's no there's no ands ifs or buts you gotta bust your ass on special teams because if you're not even an asset on special teams then you're on the bubble you're on the outside looking in and easily a guy like andy isabella can come in and say all right i'm gonna take your spot you feel me so you've got to bust your ass but you too you're too big you're too fast for that and uh, you're a physical specimen, so uh, they're going to keep you, and they drafted your ass. So uh, it's going to work out. It's just going to take some time, and that's why there are seven rounds in the draft, man. Not everybody's a first-rounder. I mean, you're going to have to develop these players, and that's just that's just what it's going to be like. Uh, what do we got? We got a question coming, coming in from my man, Jason Stroud. What up, Jace? He goes, uh, I'm worried about QB2, man. Uh, I don't care if they, <laughs> they are Josh's friends. They need to show they are capable. Miss me with Barkley. He played two teams that quit. Jets and the Dolphins. I hear you, bro. I hear you. And sometimes it's, it's listen, at the end of the day, who are you going to bring on that you trust enough that can do what Josh does? No one. No one in the league can do what Josh does. And if they if they can, they're already the starter for their team and the franchise for their team. So if Josh, God forbid, were to go down, it's over with. You know what I'm saying? Just, just be ready for a top 10 pick. Actually, our defense is too good for that. So we'd probably be middle of the pack. You feel me? But uh, listen, we're not even going to get into that, but I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I mean, there were there were ample. Listen, Carson Wentz is out there, and I'm sure Carson Wentz wouldn't mind taking a small bag to be on our roster. I mean, my man's out there. I mean, taking pictures with a Philly, a Philly. <laughs> he's got a Philly helmet. He's got a Washington Commanders jersey, and he's got the Indianapolis Colts shorts. He's he's what he's trying to say is, listen, man. I played on three teams. I'm looking for my fourth. So he's probably looking to wear some socks. You know what I'm saying? Bill's colored socks. You know what I'm saying? Bill's colored cleats. Who knows? He'll, he'll finish the uniform. But uh, why don't we just give him a full uniform and say, come on in and play with us and go from there? Because 
I'm not confident in Kyle Allen. Neither am I in, in Matt Barkley, but these guys are depth pieces. They're they're QB2. Ain't nobody really checking for QB2, really. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I ain't tripping. I'm not worried about it. We just got to keep our guy healthy. Got to keep our guy healthy, and uh, we go we go from there, man. Uh, Terrence Blanton. What's up, Terrence? Terrence Blanton says, yo, I'm not sure about Cook, though. Listen, man, Cook is going to answer a lot of questions. He's going to answer a lot of questions. He's going to answer a lot of questions for me, too, because – since last year, you guys already know. I mean, some of y'all been calling me a hater, but I'm not I'm not a hater. You guys know that. I just keep it a book. And I didn't see anything that, I mean, at the beginning of the year, at least, I didn't see anything that, that had me like, mm, I don't know, fam. Uh, Alex, man. Yeah, man. Hold on a second. I got my man, Alex. Yo, come on, doc. Let's go, man. I'll send you the link if you want to come on and we could talk some injuries because uh, I, I need your I need your expertise, baby. I need your expertise. So if you want to come on, I'm going to send you the link in the uh, on the Twitter chat or on your Twitter. Give me a second. I'll send that to you. Um, but yeah, fellas, uh, when it comes to the running back position, uh, you guys already know how I feel, man. I I'm looking forward to seeing what James Cook can do on his own. Very much, very much interested in what he can do. And, uh, I think, I think we we're in for a treat. I think we're in for a treat and I'm looking for, I want to see it for myself. I want to see what he can do as the bonafide number one guy, right? Devin Singletary is not here anymore. So he's not here to be that. You know what I'm saying I'm behind Devin Singletary. Now, there's a some there's something to say when you are when you've got confidence and you know you're the guy, you can you can kind of play freely, right? But show us what you got. You gotta you gotta be able to take take advantage of the minimal touches that you're gonna get because I know you ain't gonna get a lot of touches. So take full advantage of uh of what we're gonna be sending your way, and we should be a-okay. Honestly, we should be a-okay. So uh that being said um we're gonna we're gonna push it we're gonna push it to the defensive side of the ball and uh hold that hold that thought as i try to sign into my twitter you know so i can send my boy alex the link because we're going to talk about injuries because there are some injuries on the squad that i'd love my guy alex to shed some light on because there is no one that i trust more than my guy the thigh guy and uh he'll let us know man he's been spot on and i'm i'm, I'm gonna say this i'm gonna I'm going to wait till you're on screen for me to share my thoughts with you, bro, because I actually have a tremendous amount of respect for, for you because you be getting on, you be getting on some people, man, and I love every bit of it. So let's let's talk about it. So let me send you the link and then we'll get it popping in just a moment. And right now my thing is messing up. So you guys hang tight with me as I navigate and figure my ways out here. And I got to give a shout out to my man, Brandon Lisi. Brandon, I see you, bro. Don't you don't you fret. I'm going to come out here and show you some love in just a moment, but I got to show, I got to send the link to my man, Alex, and then we're going to get this thing popping real quick. And link is sent, Alex. Come on down. You're the next contestant, my G. And uh, shout out to my man, Brandon Lisi, coming in with that new membership subscription, and I appreciate that. You know what comes with it. <laughs> bing, biggity, bing. Welcome to the Bing Squad, my guy, Alex. Listen, Brandon Lisi, welcome. Let's go. You're that dude. I appreciate you, man. And uh, for those that have been tuning in for, um, you know what I'm saying, to the Rico Report, to the Bustle Fanatics, yo, we've gone through a lot of changes. I'm going to be real. We've gone through a lot of changes. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of faces you ain't going to see here. But, you know, sometimes simplicity is best. When you when you complicate things, you know what I'm saying, it can kind of get a little muddy. So sometimes simplicity is best. And uh, we appreciate y'all, you know I mean, rocking with us through some of the changes. And uh, once the season gets popping, you already know what it is, man. We get to the We get to the business and we get to it. And uh, and we try to give you the, the I mean the best analysis we can, especially that 
You know what I'm saying? Since we're not, you know what I'm saying, a reporter right up in there. You know what I'm saying? So we try to do what we can do and bring y'all some entertainment and uh, keep it pushing, right? So uh, let's jump on to the defensive side of the ball, folks, because the depth chart on the offense, I think we pretty much knew what was happening. There's, there's really not much to write home about. I mean, you knew. But defense has way more questions. And it's funny because the defense, in my opinion, is the, at the moment is the stronger unit right now. Based on where we have our pieces, we've got all pro players on this team. We've got pro bowl players on this team. Like, golly, think about 10 years ago. You know I'm saying? Looking at the squad, and we, we were dying to have, you know what I'm saying, something to show us that where's our stars coming from? Now we got stars on the left. We got stars on the right. We got stars in, you say, front office, all of that. So, but before we get into depth chart pieces, I'm going to bring in my guy, Alex. Alex, give me the thumbs up when you're ready to go, baby. Yeah, that's my guy. So, I'm going to bring in my guy, Alex. And uh, we're going we gonna to talk some business. What up, Alec? What's up, Rico? What's happening, bro? Listen, I'm, I'm really happy to see you, man. I really am. Glad you asked me on. How you Listen, been? I've been I've been great. I'm going to let you figure out your camera. Yeah, yeah we're good. I like it. First first and foremost, I want to congratulate you on uh, a beautiful wedding. Uh, you and your lady put uh, a nice uh, a nice little uh, complimentary dance for everybody. And you brought oh, yeah. a dance. Love it. You got your yeah. lady involved in it. I'm, I'm with it. So congratulations on being a newly married man. Zbot is to follow. He, he popped the question the other day. So, I mean, love is in the air, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love is in the air. So let's get to the nitty-gritty, all right? Uh, let's get to Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver had uh, he had some, some time off. Can we talk about Ed Oliver and what his issues are? And is it something that's serious or something that we're like, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Yeah, no, I don't think that Oliver is an issue. Uh, what they call it, a groin, right? That's right. They had a groin issue. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't come back for a couple of weeks, I'd be a little worried. But um, at this point, I would just think, you know, it's camp. So if these guys get like a little soft tissue, they kind of, they shut them down for a couple of days. They usually pop back in there. I like it. So if you were to talk about a player that has you the most worried with their injury, who is it that stands out to you? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, Allen leaving practice, they said it was on his elbow and shoulder that, you know, that, <laughs> that raised an eyebrow. And then if you think back, you know, after the scrimmage, he, he had back-to-back practices with like a long sleeve t-shirt on and it was pretty loose. Does that matter? Uh, well, if he's covering something up on his elbow. So, you know, I, I looked at a couple pictures. I didn't see any, any brace on, you could tell there's no brace, but is he like, does he have like some kinesio tape on it? Mm. Is something bugging him? And then like the tape got loose. So he had to run in and get a tape job. They got, he didn't want the guys to see it. And then, you know, he's been seen getting worked on with his, like, shoulder and elbow uh, at camp, like on the field, yep. which is normal because he was kind of doing that late in the year, but he never did that before the uh, the elbow injury. So, listen, like, what, what could be going on? I mean, he might just be like, hey, this feels good. It, like, loosens my shoulder up. Or, uh, you know, he's got some scar tissue from those two sprains in his elbow, and it kind of bugs him sometimes. So, I guess time will tell. Um, I don't think they'd be putting him out there in harm's way during camp uh, if it was that serious, but it's something to keep an eye out for. I gotta, let me ask you this, though, because it's see, it's it's and it makes it tough. Right. I'm a player and I've got guys like Alex Lucci freaking watching every freaking thing that I do. So I can't even just go into the locker room and come back because God forbid if I come out and and Alex Lucci sees something, he's going to write something on me. So like. <laughs> If I come out and I just want to, you know, me work out my elbow and it's just, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and I come out with loose clothing, you're sitting here, hold on now. Loose clothing is well, not. 
He didn't just want to just change his wardrobe for no reason. There's a reason. He doesn't want us to see something. So good observation on that, honestly. Yeah. I mean, if I wasn't a PT, I'd probably be a detective because I like to put these puzzles together. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, he never got worked on before the injury. He started getting worked on the field, which is a little different. I mean, guys get stretched out and stuff. They do. It's like a hamstring, but it's, like, weird to get, like, your – your shoulder mobilized on the field. That's kind of something you do in the, the athletic training room before you go out. So I don't know if something's like bugging him. Um, and then the loose shirt and then leaving practice. They said it was like his elbow arm. Uh, you don't know. I don't know. I'm not too worried. I'm not like freaking out, but it's just a tidbit. You know what I mean? It is a tidbit. Now, what is encouraging is he wasn't out very long. He kind of went Correct. to the locker room, did what he needed to do, and was back out there. So not nothing where you're like, well, where's he at? He didn't even come back out yet. What's going on? So yeah. not too that's worried what, about that. That's um, why I'm thinking maybe maybe a tape job, you know what I mean? And then he's I got like the it. long sleeve shirt to cover. He doesn't want people yep. like talking about it. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. Vaughn Miller. Correct. Vaughn freaking Miller. I got to say, yeah. and I'm, I'm a, this in light of who I'm speaking to, I don't care how anybody wants to look at this, but when we talk about the thighs and we talk mm-hmm. about thigh dancing, I got to say Vaughn Miller's probably got the best thighs on the team. I'm going to keep 100%. it real. Absolutely. Am I lying? No, he's got the, he's got the girth, the striations. He's got the tattoos. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 yeah. Yeah. The, the tattoos, the tattoos, that's, that's just the, the accessories on top of that. But that yeah. boy is built like a, like a, like a, yeah. like a monster boy. Like, he's, got the, he's got the thigh candy. He's got the thigh for damn yeah. sure. So speaking of Vaughn, uh, I, I love the fact that you break things down where you'll take a clip of like 30 seconds of him running yeah, and, and ripping and you're like, freeze frame, circle, dot, zoom it in. You, you're into that. So when you see the developments of Von Miller and how how much he can flex his knee, how much he's able to kind of like get his, his heel up to his bum. If you're a track star, heel to bum is what you want. So you're able to get really out of there. Are you encouraged from what you see I mean, you're not a doctor on the squad. You're not working with him every day. But from what you see yeah. in your experience, are you encouraged as to what you've been seeing? And are you encouraged to see him sooner than week four, week five? Or can we see him sooner than that? Yeah, so this is a great debate, right? I mean, he's strong as a bull. Like, you've mm-hmm. seen him doing those split squats. He's got, like, 120 in, in each hand. Um, he's strong. His thighs look even because a lot of times you'll see, like, you know, some atrophy where, like, one thigh looks different than the other. So he's done a good job on the strength end. And then, so now he's getting through his running. Um, now his running cycle, if you saw what I put out about Trey White last year, when they, yes, they, they put him out when he was running, I mean, he looked bad. Like his knee, was, it was coming up like 50% of the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, so his is close. I mean, he's super close. Uh, and then, yeah, his ankle looked a little stiff and his knee looked a little stiff, but not, not to a point where like, hey, he's behind the curve. Like Trey was. But, but Von's not. He's right on track for seven months. The problem with Von Miller, even though, like, he can he can cover up things because he's so strong and so athletic. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. Whereas, yeah, so, like, a 90% of Von Miller is better than anyone else on the field. And, you you know, it's good enough. Put him in. Just have him run a couple, couple reps a game. But is it the safe thing to do if you want him to have success long-term throughout the year? Now, I'm not worried like, hey, Bond's going to go out and just tear his ACL. That's not really the concern. It's, it's more soft tissue stuff. So, you know, if, he's, if, the, if there's a little, little kink in the chain, think of it like a car, right? Like you yeah. put one, one new tire on and then you got three bald tires or something. Like it's going to screw up the axle and then other things are going to start to break down. 
So if his knee's not totally all the way there and you start putting him out there in practice and the games and stuff, things can start going awry. So you'd look for, you'd, I'd worry about calf injuries or hamstring pulls or some back pain. You know what I mean? Right. So basically he had a revision. So this is the second ACL on the same knee, same which knee. usually makes you come back slower. So say a guy can come back in about 10 months from a regular ACL, even though Adrian Peterson came back in eight and some guys right. come back in nine. You see That's these guys, thinking. you see these guys get soft tissue injuries when they come back. Adrian Peterson is the anomaly. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't understand like that. That was a freak occurrence. And he kind of put like a kind of gave you unrealistic uh, goals for people coming back too early. So basically where was I going with this? If he comes back too early, I'd be worried about him getting hurt. A regular ACL takes about 10 months. A revision takes 12. He's 34 years old. Mm. He had a lateral meniscus. I mean, he's got an old body, and it's a second time. This this guy should be taking 12 months. He's not because he, he looks like he's doing really good. For sure. But I think rushing him back at nine months for September is like a recipe for disaster. Now, could he get through and I could put my foot in my mouth? Absolutely. But I would, I would expect them to give him, like, a, a low snap count. But I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, all is they got to do is – it's not necessary. That's why, they signed, that's why they signed Floyd. That's right. Yeah. Right. So even six, even at six weeks, because he says, oh, I'm going to come back no later than six weeks, you know how he is. He's very optimistic. So very. he thinks he's going to get the pup if he does. And, you know, he's going to put out, hey, I'm ready, I'm ready. The team's holding me back. It's what's right for the team. He's going to sit on the pup for four weeks. Then he's got the 21-day window. Yep. If they activate him, he wants to come back for that week six game because it's like home Sunday night football against the Giants. Yep. I get that. Even that is like a little early, but it's not that bad because it's like 10 and a half months. Now, he came back nine months from his ACL 10 years ago. Okay, so that was pretty quick, but it was an isolated tear. Yep. All right. And and he was 10 years younger, though. There you so go. Now, you know, he's got ago. more. Yeah, he's got more cartilage wearing tear. You know, Rico, I, I, you know, I'm not going to put you on blast how old you are. 38, like, baby. Me too. Yeah. So every five years after like 20, you notice like a difference in recovery and stuff. Heck and yeah. even if you have the best genes and the best clinical staff in the world, your body is not the same. There's more wear and tear. So for me to think him come back at 34 uh, on a revision at nine months, it's not a good idea. It's so, so funny. Yeah. It's so funny you mentioned that because like you're and how Alex, how old are you? 38. 38. Oh, we, we, we listen, we, we age yeah. like fine wine, baby. So check this out. So when we, I'm saying like when, tw- when we were 25, you mean watching football and you hear, oh, he's 32, he's 33. And we're like, man, that's, that's not so bad. It's not so bad. Yeah. And then when we start, we start getting to 34, 35, like I'll run with my kids and I'm like, golly, like there's a lot of weight on my knees. What's going on? Yeah. Right. So yeah. and these guys are super athletes. They got medical staff all over them, but like, when you get hurt, you get hurt. It takes time to heal back. You're just not the, the guy that's going to bounce back again like you used to. Correct. So very interesting. Now, I got one more player to touch on, and then we're not yeah. just going to talk about injuries because I feel like we, we just bring you on for injury talk. Now, I want to get your football mind in yeah, this. Yeah, time Obviously, permitted. Time permitting. All right? So yeah. let's talk about it. Uh, Jordan Phillips. Yeah. Jordan Phillips has returned. And this is a medical question. Then it turns into football talk because we're going to get into the defensive depth chart. And I want you on for this, right? So Jordan Phillips returns to a – he returns late in the game, first and foremost. Everybody's in conditioned, in shape, ready to attack season – you mean the week one preseason game. And then here comes Jordan Phillips back 
from a labrum, I believe a labrum injury. I mean, so, you speak on it more so. Talk to me about Jordan Phillips, his chances, what he had to go through, and how he's going to be implemented back into this defense. Yeah, so um, so going back, remember when he chased Mac Jones around when we had the game put away, and he had that, like, he dove at yes. him? Yes. It was stupid. It was unnecessary. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Very he, much so. But let me let me go back to that. What the hell were you doing? You had no chance. And you don't you dove for what reason exactly? He ruined his body on two dumb plays. He chased down he chased down what's his name week two, Tannehill. Yes. On that on that touchdown for Milano and blew out his hamstring. And then he dislocated his shoulder running around Mac Jones like an idiot. Bro, you, Unless they, you didn't have to. They didn't chase him, but you don't have to dive like that. Bro. No, he's he, a big dude. He's big like, boy, you're 300 yeah. pounds, man. You're diving all that. There's a lot of meat in the ground. Pause. Yeah. Go yeah. talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So he, he said he dislocated his shoulder. It came out in, a, uh, in the paper the other day. Um, right. But when he came back, ironically, he came back against the, um, the Patriots again. He tore his rotator cuff. So the rotator cuff's a more significant injury. The labrums, these guys get these done every offseason, like so okay. many guys. You have no idea. So okay. your shoulder dislocates, you, you, put, you, put on the, you put on the harness, you get through the season, your shoulder's not 100%, but you get through it as long as it doesn't keep popping out, and then they, they fix it up. And the, the rehab's real good, the guys come back well from it. Um, so that wasn't a concern, but then when he tore his rotator cuff, that's the big one. So that like really affects the function of the shoulder, it makes it weak when it's not obviously not there. So a rotator cuff repair, like to get back to the NFL, is about six, seven months, and he's like right on target, which is good. Um, but the outcomes start to go downhill fast after 30, and he mm. is 30. Mm. So that goes to show. So if, in my opinion, this is his swan song with Buffalo. They re-signed him. They knew he'd probably be good for a year if his shoulder's kind of out of whack, whatever. It's a one-year deal. Um, but he's a big body who can go in there and fill some holes. I don't think you're going to see uh, – So I don't know. What does he win with? Does he win with his speed? He doesn't win with speed, but he's got a big body, swim move, whatever. But, like – I wouldn't put him in too many situations where you need him kind of like pressing the lineman off his body and uh, being a stout defender. So he might end up being a situational pass rusher, um, especially if his shoulder's not up to snuff. Uh, look for this to be the last year, and you should see a little decline in his play, um, especially in the upper body strength. You know what? Before we get into uh, – and uh, time permitting, obviously, but before we get into uh, depth chart, because I want to bring you on to that, this is my moment to show you love. Let me tell you something, man. You are a valuable, a valuable asset to Buffalo Fanatics. You are a G. And forget about that. You bring, I love what just, listen, I'm going to just get right to it. The, the conversations you have with people have me dying, number one. Yeah. Number two, you don't take yourself serious enough to, like, care about what people say because it's just, it's, listen, you got more and more important things to take care of. But the banter that you have with people have <laughs> me dying, especially the one you had yesterday. Yeah, you know what? I'm out there. Yeah, yeah. You could call it a troll, whatever. I'm, I'm just out here to mind fuck with people. Love you know, it. So I get, Rico, I give them the facts, I give them the medical stuff, then I give them yep. the thighs, and then if, you know, people step out of line, I, you know, put them in check, but nicely, <laughs> in a funny way. You know what I mean? I love it. it I love it. Because yeah. too many people take, take Twitter or X too damn seriously. Relax. Yeah. Settle down, man. Because once you, you put your phone down, you're back to regular life, bro, man. You can't you yeah. can't be you doing all this oh. stuff on on the internet for you know what I'm saying relax settle down but I, I 
you're a gem and I appreciate you. And this is an appreciation time because you are a gem and you, what you do is you're excellent. And I trust everything that comes out of your freaking mouth because you've been bang on. When you said Jordan Phillips has seven months, come back 6.7, seven months, bang on in seven months, man. You're like the yeah. Oracle, bro. You're like the medical Oracle. Well, hopefully that, you know, most PTs are just like me. They just, uh, they don't love the bills as much to uh, speak up about it. Listen, love every bit of it. All right, let's get to the depth chart, baby. We got to get yeah. to the, we got to get to the depth chart. All right. So your thoughts on this, man? Offensively, we we got it. But like, I'm looking at the. Let's start with the. Let's start with the edge, right? I think it's pretty yeah. self-explanatory. We have we have Greg Rousseau, um, opposite side of Greg Rousseau. You're going to have Leonard Floyd. Then you've got depth pieces in, in Boogie Basham, and then uh, you've got defensive tackle. You've got your Ed Oliver, DeQuan Jones, which is we knew what was going to happen. Von Miller on the opposite side of the edge. AJ Epines is having a freaking fantastic, fantastic camp. And uh, he's looking to build up on what he did uh, last year with six and a half sacks. Jordan Phillips in the middle, Tim Settle in the middle. Then you got Puna Ford and then Kendrick Vickers, Kendall Vickers. And then you've got a, sl- a, sl- a, sl- a slate of Shane Ray. You've got Cameron on the other side. You've got Cortez Bauman, Eli Anku uh, from last year, DJ Dale, Kingsley Jonathan. And I love Kingsley Jonathan. He's a big, there's a lot of freaking pieces on this defense. Now, yeah. I want to know, where do you see Jordan Phillips fitting on this, man? Because yeah. it's a numbers Good game. Question. It's a yeah. numbers game, man. What's your thoughts? Well, they structured his contract where they can't really cut. There's no benefit to cut him. So I don't see him getting cut at the, at the wire here. Um, he could be a healthy scratch if he's not up to snuff. Um, but they might just carry five D tackles. But that, then the question is, how many DNs do you want to carry? So you got to assume, and this is probably good for the rotation, you know, to get the certain guys on the roster. But if Bond goes to Pup, then do you want to keep five or do you want to keep six? Because definitely you can see, obviously, Floyd, Groot, AJ. So you got three. And now who do you take between Boogie, Ray, and Lawson? Now, if Bond's out and you want to carry six, you're carrying them all. But uh, if you don't carry six and you're carrying five, like who are you cutting? Um, is Shane someone you can cut and put on the practice squad? Or is he going to get scooped up? Is he like, is he true? Is he like really ripping it up out there? I don't know. Um, but he's definitely not youthful. Like he's, he's turning 30. So uh, I don't know how the team wants to go with that. But, you know, I definitely see him carrying the five D tackles. They might have a, a game day inactive, how that works. And uh, I can see him carrying six D ends and then maybe having, Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, hold on. It's let's 11 D linemen. Hold, hold on a sec. So, Greg, let's – okay, so we are we counting out Von Miller? Von Miller out for a bit? I'm counting them out. Yeah, I'm counting okay, them so out. Okay, so we're counting Von Miller. So, we got Greg Rousseau. That we'll say we got Leonard Floyd. All right, there's your there's your bookends. Yeah. All right, then you got Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones. There's your four. You got AJ Epinesa as your depth. There's your five. Then you've got, what, Boogie Basham or do you got Shaq Lawson? Right? Great question. I think they would they would lean on Boogie. Okay, so let's, you, let's just say we take Boogie. Boogie yeah. Basham. Then we got Puna Ford. You know they're not going to sit Puna Ford. There's seven. Tim Settle, eight. Jordan Phillips, nine. Or do you want to go Shaq Lawson? Shaq Lawson or Jordan Phillips? All right, can I tell you something? So I saw, this, I saw this dilemma coming uh, like two months ago. All right. And then I, I looked into the contract. So the only one you could really cut is Shaq. Shaq's the only one that works for a cut. Tim Settle restructured, can't cut him. If you cut him, it's like the same amount of uh, dead space it is you're going to save. So it's it's a moot point. Um, And then uh, Ray is definitely cuttable too, but it sounds like he's kind of a riser here. And he kind of fits the 
the Von Miller mold where he's like the, the speed rusher. So, and the other two guys are long. I know Groot can come on and be the total package, but right now I see him more as like a long, like run stopper. Whereas uh, Leonard Floyd kind of fits that too. Like the guys can rush the passer, but um, I don't see them as like the Von Miller, if you know what I mean. Listen, they, they're going to have some decisions to make that. Like I said, I, and people keep talking about like the O-line has struggled and the O-line this and O-line that. The O-line is going up against a really good defensive group inside and out. And you've got the depth pieces that are making noise. J- Kingsley Jonathan is a stud. Yeah, he is no, a stud. He, so you he, can't, like, you've got a lot of played, depth pieces, man. He played good fundamental football when he, yeah. when he got put in there. It was actually impressive. He's a Very, bit undersized, though. He's a little undersized. He's short and he's, he's light. Um, but he he played hard. I don't, I don't remember what game it was, but he stood out. I was like, damn. He, he stands out, man. I kept on hearing Kingsley Johnson, yeah. man. So let's let's keep it moving now, right? So let's go to the linebacker move, the, the linebacker room. So we got Matt Milano. And then look what's interesting. They can't decide on who they want as their middle linebacker between Terrell Bernard and Tyrell Dotson, right? So yeah. here's the deal. Matt Milano, Tyrell Dotson. Uh, you got Terrell Bernard, Dorian Williams, the rookie. And then you've got Balin Spector. There's your five linebackers, maybe six, but I think we're going to keep five. Well, you we got to keep six because Tyler Madkiewicz is going to come in. He's a special teamer. So yeah, the battle between Balin, excuse me, Terrell Bernard and Tyrell Dotson. Is it yeah. Tyrell Dotson's job to lose or is it really neck and neck and the undersized linebacker in Terrell Bernard is going to take it? The substitute teacher, Terrell Bernard, is he going to take it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts are the team wants him to take it. Mm. But he hasn't taken it. So Dotson's mm. on a Dotson's on a one-year deal, which is not cuttable either. It's like a $2 million deal. It's, it's a wash if you get rid of him. Um, so he's good insurance because they know him. You know they want Bernardo. They wouldn't still have him slashed there, but he's probably he's probably a little behind at some in some shape or form. It's so funny they mentioned it because they want him to. And that's how I felt when we when we drafted Zach Moss. They were pushing Zach Moss to take over Devin Singletary, but he just couldn't do it because yeah. Devin Singletary was like, nah, fam, I still got I still got legs under me. I still can do this job. And he never was able to do that until he got traded. So Terrell Bernard is pushing for that spot. Does that mean Bale Inspector's out? I don't know if he's out. I mean, they might carry three because I think all these guys are not like true middle linebackers and they have good flexibility. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Darian makes the team, but he's, he's never active. You know what I mean? And then they go with Dodson, Bernard, Spector, and Milano. And then well, they got to activate Matikiewicz. They will. I, I mean, somebody's somebody's going to have to get the scissors. Uh, it definitely won't be Dorian Williams. He's going he's gonna to be he's gonna be out there. It's a matter of time until they start to kind of integrate him to the middle linebacker spot. Maybe that's when... They'll yeah. put him in there, but right now, as of right now, it's not going to happen. And I know you. Cool. I know. I know you want him to make it. I know you want it to work, and so we all do. We the do. only problem is the fact that they demoted him this early makes me think that he might be an idiot. I don't mean that meanly, but I yeah. think it's just like the playbook is just not. It's not going to. They just realized, hey, this guy too needs fast. like a, a red fast. shirt right and, now. And you yeah. know what? Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes correct people develop slowly, and and it's a it's just a matter of time until they they get it. Uh, so right now, as a rookie, he's got the rookie pass. Well, come come year two in the same system, right. come year three, we need to see some things. And yeah. maybe that's why he got drafted in the third. But or later in the year. Out. Sometimes we'll these guys, out. yeah, sometimes these rookies come on like in, the, you know, the later third, second half of the season. Absolutely. I mean, Terrell Bernard was a third round pick too, right? So we'll see how that plays out. So last but not least, man, this is the big one, right? And it's the cornerback position. And yeah. the cornerback position, it seems as though nobody wants to take it. 
Uh, and right now, here's what it's looking like. You've got Dane Jackson as potentially the leader. You've got Christian Benford alongside Kyir Elam. It's a, for me, I'll talk for myself, it's a frustrating battle because it should be. I mean, maybe you want to say it. I want it to be Kyir Elam, but it's just not playing out the way we're expecting it to be. You draft the guy in the first round, you think, all right, in year two, you should be able to just lock this down. But Dane Jackson's got way more to say about that. And Kai, and listen, and Christian Bedford's like, hold on now. Don't forget about where I got drafted. I'm still in this race just as much. And he had a very good camp the other day. So this whole de- cornerback position is a mess. I want to call it a mess. It's a good mess to have because Teron yeah. Johnson is your clear-cut nickel. You got Cam Lewis backing him up, which is very interesting. Love that. Saran Neal as your bird. And I can see that because Cam Lewis is your better cover corner than Saran Neal. Saran Neal is great for special teams, but that's as far as it goes. Trenavis White, obviously your QB, your, your cornerback one. Christian Benford, Kyer Elam, Dane Jackson all split. They don't know what to do with that. And then you yeah. got Jordan Poirier, Taylor Rapp. You got DeMarlo, Micah Hyde, DeMar Hamlin, and uh, away we go. So let's talk about this defensive back. Let's start with corner. Trey White, cornerback one, we know that. Yeah. Those three boys that we talk about, Dane, Christian, Kyrie. What the F is going on? I don't know. I think what's going to happen, I think they're going to go safe and, and start with Dane and then just make him keep working for it. It's a good problem to have. It I don't is. Know why they're, I don't know why they're giving Kyrie such hard love, but something must be going on. And I know he makes plays and he looks good. But something must – it's got to be something with the zone defense. got to be something about communication. They just don't – they don't trust it all the way. But it's, they're all, like, really good. And Benford's the big, the big surprise, right? They probably expected him to be, like, whatever, a depth piece. And he's, like yep. – he's a freaking borderline starter. So He's, he's put a wrinkle in this whole, in this whole yeah. situation. I mean, I would, like – I would croak if I heard, like, hey, the team extended Dane Jackson, like, before the season starts. So I think he's on his swan song. So – I would assume maybe he starts the year, but he fades. You know what I mean? Like something, you know, they start to like weed him out. Um, but obviously a good depth piece. And then, uh, you know, who's going to rise up, Benford or Kair? I think Kair is going to eventually get it. I really do. Because I don't think he's bad enough to be like, hey, let's keep this first rounder on the bench. Do you know what I'm saying? It, it but um, I, I, think he's, I, I think he's close enough. Like they probably should just do it. But um, I don't know. They're playing a little games there. Um, here, here's the challenge. Yeah. You've got three corners that present uh, three strengths that not all of them have, right? So the strength that Dane Jackson brings is experience and, and awareness. You know, he knows where to be on the field. He's always around the football. Case in right. point, his, his rookie year, I think he had like two interceptions because he was right where yeah. he was supposed to be where the football is. Now, don't he forget, Benford, quick, that? quick injury tidbit, Dane's yeah. got a wonky neck now. So just That's keep that right. in mind. Yeah. That's right. Thank so, you for that. That was a gruesome injury, by the way. Yeah, uh, and then he had like, and then it flared up later in the year. So that's they a, probably know, you know, you know, they got to know that, like, you know, one wrong hit and he's coming out. That's a great point. Thank you for see. This is why I bring you on, baby. The doc, man. He's always, yeah. He's always got these his little magnifying glasses. He's always looking for stuff, right? But before Kyrie, before we cut out, yep. I don't mean to keep cutting you off, but Go let's ahead, uh, let's touch base on Hyde. Before we cut this conversation, we definitely we definitely will get to Hyde because I want to just finish this segment and we'll go yeah. right to Hyde. So yeah. You got Christian Beffer that gives you your his his zone abilities. He's just he's a zone baller. Yeah. He knows how to do it. And then Kyrie is your athleticism. He's athlete. He's fast. He's long. He's lengthy, and he's he's not afraid to tackle. If we could just merge those three casts together, you got your major, your corner. But 
One of them is going to have to emerge for crying out loud. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So we'll see how that battle plays out. Safety. Micah High. Let's get right into the Micah High. Uh, is, well, he, is he ready? Yeah, no, he's ready. It's just how much can he hold up? So uh, the, the neck fusion is no joke. So you, you fuse oh, the neck. Yeah. So uh-huh. he thought his career was over, but they said it went well so he can come back. So he's like 32, 33, which is already the late end of the career. The neck fusion is is nothing to play with. Um, I didn't know he, he fused his neck. Yeah. Okay. So the joints above and below are going to take extra wear and tear, okay? Um, so they're going to wear out, like, the joint that he did have. Now, the, the caveat is he's already old. He's, like, at the end of his career. So is this, like, a one and done for him? Is this what he wants? And, you know, he, they talked about it behind the scenes. I don't think he's expecting to get, like, a, a contract extension for another two years and play till he's 35, 36. His neck's going to be shot. The average career length after a neck fusion is like 3.6 years. And that's for younger players. I mean, he, but he's like 32, 33. This is, I'm scared. I'm scared he's going to take a hit and it's going to fuck it up. And then he's, he's going to go on the IR right away. Because I, um, I was looking at how old he was. 32 years of age with a neck yeah, fusion. Correct. Not good. Mm-hmm. So with that, with that being said, do you want to carry five safeties? Like that, then you could keep DeMar and you could keep Cam Lewis because he's like the fifth safety. Or are you going heavy D line and linebacker, and you got to go short on the secondary, which makes you have to get down to Cam Lewis and Demar. Now Demar only plays safety, but Cam could also play nickelback, and you know they're going to keep Saran Neal for the for the um, special teams. So that's a scenario where Demar might uh, get bumped off the roster. That and you know a, that's going to be a bunch of drama. That's a fantastic point because yeah. it becomes a numbers thing. And everybody thinks, well, you got to cut from the cornerback spot. It's not necessarily that. You got to now move. Okay, how many linemen are we keeping? We've been keeping, what, eight to nine linemen uh, for, for the betterment of two or three years. Um, so how many are we keeping? Are we keeping less offensive linemen? That's another thing to look at. So very good point. I didn't. Yeah. Re- the neck fusion was the one thing that I, I wasn't sure that's what he got. So thank you for, for pointing that out. And that's super scary. Correct. I know it's fused and everything, but like one, I mean, you don't want to think about it, but like it could well, be the other joints, the other joints could get damaged. Yeah. Now listen, like it, you worry. That's why I think one year could be okay. Like, yeah, one bad hit might screw up the other joints, but it's the wear and tear. It's the, uh, it's the mileage. So if he's already 32, he's already got wear and tear in the other joints. It's not going to last three and a half years. Right. But if he was like 27, 28, maybe you could see this kid playing until he was 30, 31. Um, now listen, there's other guys who have fusion. I'm pretty sure. Um, what's his name? Who's that freak who's built like TO for Seattle? Um, oh, DK. DK had a fusion in, in college, but he's a receiver yeah. and he's not right. tackling people. Correct. Yeah. And he's so massive. He's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, his neck's going to wear out too. And that's why he dropped in the draft. Right. And that's mm. why he's on a three year deal, not a six year blockbuster Good call. monster deal. Yeah. Now keep this in mind. Micah Hyde, obviously, of his he's his age is I mean, he's on the wrong side of 30 with that yeah. neck fusion. So I totally understand exactly where you're coming from. That's why we brought in a guy like Taylor Rapp, 25, 26 years of age. So he's That's got why. a lot of football left. So him good insurance. Good insurance. And you got Damar Hamlin. Obviously, if he can get over the the mental part of, of his situation and he can get into back to football shape and and really get going. This is a very it's a scary it's a scary defensive backfield, man. It's a scary yeah. defensive backfield because of how quickly it could deteriorate. Because I mean, look at Jordan Poirier was 
Correct. contemplating retirement for crying out loud. You got two safeties that were contemplating contemplating retirement. And in my opinion, and opinion of a lot of people, when you start thinking about retirement, you halfway there. So how much, how in are you, you know what I mean, playing? Yeah, I'm not as worried about Poyer for like a big time injury, but you know, he's got a lot of little things that could keep getting tweaked. You know what I mean? So he, he might be a guy who plays at a high level, but you know, he's in and out of the lineup and this is like, Three games a season. As he gets older, it's only going to get worse. I think Poyer's 31. Right. Um, but he was very healthy until this year. But then his ankle, and then he's got the meniscus in the knee, and he had the hyperextended elbow that got aggravated. I mean, the pneumothorax, was, that was a freak thing. Not worried about that. And I'm not worried about Hamlin either, like with the heart. It's like not not a thing. But Good. could he play right. with trepidation? Yeah, but, yeah. you know, they're not going to keep him if he, if he is. If they yeah. see that. But also, not going to lie, I, you know, I love the story, love the player, but on the field, I mean, it was only his second year, he appeared to be a step too late, not making the right read sometimes. Like, it always seemed like, ah, oh, man, Max. like Hammer got burned over on that, that safety Max. side. Yeah, so, you know. Uh, like, we put the love story aside of, you know, being the, the nation and, and the, the world falling in love with them. All right, when we get to the nitty-gritty about what you can do on the field for me, yeah. show me what you got. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. based on the tape, it was okay. But he was, was young. But he's young, okay. and, and he kind of got thrust in there early. So I don't know. Right. He could he could still be improving, but now he's got some baggage to. I, I love it. Well, this, ladies and gentlemen, my guy Alex Lucci. You know what I'm saying? The thigh god himself. <laughs> Listen, man, Alex. Uh, any new pieces coming out uh, that people should be looking forward? And uh, please drop drop your your Instagram, your 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 Twitter handle, so people can follow you because you deserve. Way more follows. I need you guys to follow my guy Alex because his analysis is spot on. Yeah, it's just Thigh Doctor. Just follow me on Twitter. Transition my Instagram to more family oriented. I got I've you. Made I made it private. You. So you gotta have you that. Hit, you gotta have that balance. If you're, if you're a random, I'll probably uh, actually not accept it. But anyways, um, <laughs> no offense. But uh, yeah, follow on Twitter, Thigh Doctor, just the way you think it's spelled, and uh, definitely put out some Bills stuff all the time. When the season comes, I'll do an analysis of, like, who's on the injury report leading up to the games. Um, that'll drop on, like, a Saturday morning or the day before a, a weekday game. And then uh, what else do I do? If there's ever a big injury, I'll just put out a piece for that. And I think I'll put out, like, a little primer, like a little Von Miller teaser as I we like get it. really but, close to the season. And before you, before you step out of here, is there any way that you want to show the people what uh, what the thigh doctor means? Because people don't realize they think I, they just have – you just you just name yourself the thigh doctor just cause I don't think they really yeah. know. Rico, so you know I love doing it, but I'm I'm on my cell phone in my bedroom, so it's gonna be tough for me to to pull it off. So bring me on later in the year. I'll I'll have the setup. You just gotta give me a little more heads up. No you offense. got it, buddy. This is the first yeah. I've never been denied by the thigh doctor because he's always ready to throw show well, some meat and show some thighs, boy. So I yeah. get it. Oh. <laughs> you don't want to see my underwear on the floor. All right. <laughs> I hear you. All right, boss. Listen, man. We appreciate you. And uh, obviously, we're going to get you back on uh, during the season, and uh, we'll, we'll get that thing popping. So appreciate you, man. Thigh Doctor, folks. Follow him, Thigh Doctor, on Twitter. That's our guy, and uh, he's spot on with everything he talks about, man. And if you want a little bit of, of comedy and people try to clap at him, you know he's going to clap back, but it's not going to be the type of clap back you think. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, we'll, Smack we'll my thighs you on, on you. Time, man. Give you a little thigh smack online. There you go, buddy. <laughs> All right, man. Alex right, Lucci, Thigh Doctor. We'll catch you later, man. All right, later. Yes, sir. Folks, that's my guy, man, and uh, and I and I kid you not, I'm not even exaggerating. Like he's he's very spot on on the things he sees, even when the Dane Jackson, excuse me, not Dane Jackson, 
uh, even when Dane Jackson got when he got hurt, but when Demar Hamlin got hurt, he nailed it to a T what it could be, and it ended up being that. And boy, did he get tried. He, people tried to ridicule him. Or, you ain't no real doctor. You did that, 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 that. And he was like, "Cool, I'm gonna let it be until it comes out." And then, bang on, he was on it, right? So I trust what he sees, and he's on it, man. So, uh, thigh doctor, follow him on Twitter. That's our guy. He's our resident doctor for the Buffalo Fanatics. Let's go. So, uh, let's jump right back into the depth chart, and then uh, we'll we'll get out of here real quick. So, uh, obviously, I love what we have at the defensive front, and it's gonna come down to who who stays on the squad and who who gets cut. There's a whole lot of things going on when it comes to that, but really and truly, our nickelback. Obviously, our nickel corner is Teron Johnson. He's a beast. He's a dog. Uh, Cam Lewis is fighting and clawing to make this team. And where he's where he's slotted at the nickel corner, I love it. I love every bit of it. Tredavious White at corner. You got Christian Benford, Kyir Elam. You got those four. You got those three battling it out. So that's four corners. Then you got Jamarcus Ingram and Alex uh, Austin. Um, so typically, we keep it like five corners. And then uh, we've got uh, then you got your safeties that are in place. So, uh, listen, man, Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde, those two above 30, kind of scary. You think about it when you really think about who you got back there. Forget about the name and who they are and what they've done. It's no it's about knowing. OK, so how long do we have them for? Right. Another another what, a year or two. Poirier, maybe another year. Hyde, maybe another year or two. So this the landscape of this Bills defense will change vastly in the next two years. You know what I'm saying? Like, for the longest part, it's, it's been so nice to say Poyer, you know what I mean? Poyer and Hyde. Poyer and Hyde, excuse me, in the backfield. Oh, no, no, we good, man. We got Poyer and Hyde. Hyde and Poyer, we got it, we got it. There's going to come a time where it's not going to be Poyer Hyde. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be Hyde rap. Or it could be Poyer rap. Or rap, rap uh, Hamlin. So, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. We'll see how this year plays out. We've got a new defensive coordinator obviously in Sean McDermott. So he's going to be demanding a lot more of these guys. So I am mad at it, man. I'm not mad at it. We'll see. We'll, we're all going to see it play out with it before our eyes. And um, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited to see week one. I know coaches like we ain't trying to game plan for week one. It's just, you know I mean, we're playing the Colts. Not that we're playing the Colts in this disrespect, but it's more so I want to see who's going to step up. So we're probably going to see a lot of Dane Jackson, a lot of Kyrie Elam, and a lot of Christian Benford. We're going to see a lot of Dorian Williams. Maybe Dorian Williams comes in and starts thumping cats all over the place. And like, wait a minute now. Maybe he is good enough to, to fly up the depth chart and jump in there. You know what I'm saying? So you look at the defensive front. You look at the right guard position. Maybe, I mean, Osiris Torrance shows that he's a monster and he's pancaking cats left, right, center. It's all about protecting your asset. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's all about... You know what I'm saying? Get into the football on the defensive side of the ball. So we're going to find out. And here's the thing. We're not even at full strength. Wait till we get into the mid middle of the season when, you know what I mean, we, our guys start coming back from injuries, Von Miller being, being one of them. Yo, that changes the landscape of this defense. This changes the defense. And right now, based on what I've been reading and seeing, Greg Rousseau is, is on his way to a breakout year. He ain't playing no games, right? But we have some competition, people. We have some competition in the AFC East, so we every game matters. We've got to capitalize on every freaking game if we really want to hoist that Lombardi trophy. So, uh, depth pieces out. We've got some battles going on our way. So, the big the big three, the big three that's happening right now is the, this right guard position between Ryan Bates and Osiris Torrance. 
And right now, Ryan Bates is leading the way uh, and things could change, but I don't think it will. I think it remains this way until midseason. And if uh, if everybody stays healthy and if he, if he works his way in, that's perfect. I mean, everybody gets nicks and bruises. So we're definitely going to see Osiris Torrance out at some point this season. The second battle going on right now is this cornerback two spot. It's uh, it, it's a battle, man. It's a battle. And that's what you want. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm hoping that the best man wins. I don't have I don't have an, like you know my love for one more than the other. I like Dane Jackson. I like what he brings to the table. But I know a lot of people are like, nah, man, we know what we got in Dane Jackson. Man, I'm not even trying to have no Dane Jackson, right? Then you got Christian Benford. That's the dark horse that was at one point out of the race. And then at this point, he's back in the race because of a strong um, training camp practice he had the other day. So, and he's back on it, intercepting Josh Allen. So he's back in it. Then you got Kyrie Elam, the first round draft pick. That's still putting it together. He's still trying to, you know what I mean, get a feel for the game. Uh, going into year two, I mean, this is where we want to see a big leap from Kyrie Elam. He's athletic, he's long, he's not afraid to tackle, and he's got the speed that we need to go up against the big-time players like Jalen Waddle, the big-time players like Tyreek Hill. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you got stars like Devontae Adams. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are some baller receivers out there this year that we are going to face. It's it's not a joke. It's not a joke. So when we draft a guy like Kyrie Elam, we need him to step his game up. Like real talk, right? Because like we're going up against Devontae Adams. You're gonna have Garrett Wilson. You get you got you got dogs, you know what I'm saying, over there in Washington. The Jaguars have got some dogs out there. Calvin Ridley's gonna be showing off his thing. So, like, we were going, we're gonna be facing some dogs at receiver. So we need one of these guys to emerge, but not just emerge as you know what I'm saying, just made the cut. And I'm the guy. I want you to like separate yourselves. Separate yourself from the crew and really hone in and get in there because we got we're going up against some dogs, man. Because if you got three cornerbacks, you ain't got one. It's just what it is, man. So hopefully one of these guys emerge, and the person that does emerge has got the trust. That means he earned the trust of Coach McDermott, and we'll see how that plays out. And last but not least, uh, position battle that's going on right now is this one right here. It's the Ty- Tyrell Dotson, Ber- Tyrell Bernard. And uh, Balin Specter, and right now Tyrell Dotson's got that that edge, um, and he's more of a thumper of a linebacker. He's got the he's got the girth behind him, and uh, obviously you have Terrell Bernard. That's uh, I mean allegedly instinctual. He's an inst- instinctual linebacker. He knows where to be, and uh, he does what he does. But I'm a, I'm gonna keep it funky with you, and I'm gonna keep it a buck. When I see plays like this, you know, saying let me play this with the middle linebacker. It kind of makes you worry a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, that's only one clip and it's unfair to use, but that's the one clip I do have. And Terrell Bernard happened to be the linebacker, middle linebacker in that position. And my man just went up there, got swallowed up. And here goes James Cook and he's gone for 40. So when I see stuff like that, eh, it kind of makes me worry a little bit. But that is one clip and I just can't go off of just that. So we'll see how it all plays out. But at the end of the day, we got ourselves a dog fight and we got ourselves a damn good team. That's the main thing. We got to start like a damn good team, and somebody's going to have to come out there and do their job. You know what I'm saying? So um, love it. Love what we're seeing, and, uh, and then we'll go from there. So, folks, the position battles are set. Week one is upon us. Week one of preseason is just a few days away. 
So, uh, you know what I'm saying? Get your popcorn ready. We're going to find out who's going to stand out and who's going to man up. We're going to find out who's going to stand up and man up, and then we'll see how that plays out. So, folks, that's it for me, man. If you guys enjoyed this show, smash that like. Subscribe if you have not subscribed. If you want to support the Buffalo Fanatics, it's very simple. Supportbf.com. We've made it simple. Hit that up. Everything you need to know is right there. Articles are going to start popping out left, right, center. And uh, like I said, We've 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 made a f- several changes with Buffalo Fanatics, right? You're gonna see, you know, saying we've we, you've seen it. It's it's apparent. We don't shy away from it. It is what it is. And sometimes you gotta make the changes to simplify things and then grow, right? You guys, sometimes you gotta take steps back to move forward. And we appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing us love because we still gonna we still gonna give it to you uh, raw the way we like to. You know, what I'm saying raw, and unfiltered, and you get what you get, right? So tune in with us every week. Mondays with my with my man Zbot, uh, Tuesdays Tuesdays and Fridays with me, and sometimes Saturdays. And then Rev, uh, once he's situated, he just moved. So once he's situated, we'll get Rev back on there, and then we'll have some guests some guests that come on with it. We got some great contributors. My man Kevin Syracuse. I got my man Every Harrington that comes on. Alex Lucci obviously comes on, and we've got a slew of guys that that contribute to the Buffalo Fanatics that make it what it is. So we appreciate you, and uh, I guess we will catch you guys on the flip side. Oh, we got a super chat coming in right real quick. Oh, my girl, Linda. What's up, Linda West? She says, thanks for the great show, Rico. Well, listen, Linda, thank you. Listen, Linda, listen. We appreciate you. Thank you guys very much. And uh, just before I get out of here, because I did have a few people that had some comments that they wanted to bring in here. Um, So uh, one of the questions that was asked was, uh, what do you think of the mental game affecting Vaughn the way it affected Trey? And I think he answered that a little bit. And I think it's just a matter of, a, he's already gone through this injury. I mean, let me keep that up there. Vaughn has already gone through this injury. So it's not like he's like, I don't know what to prepare for. I don't know how to do it. They know. Once you've gone through the injury, I mean, look, ask OBJ. OBJ, unfortunately, my goodness, man, he's gone through it more than once. And mentally, you've got to be strong enough to go through rehab. And I was listening to a podcast, and a player was talking about going through rehab. Rehab is one of the hardest things to do. It's, it's harder than working out. Because you've got to now get yourself back in shape, mentally sharpen yourself to, to really take on the vigors of this rehab. It's tough altogether. So Von Miller, having already gone through this, and he's got a great medical team and a great medical staff with the Bills, I think he'll he'll be just fine. I think they'll treat it with kid gloves until he's ready to get back into it, and then we'll go from there, man. We really will. Uh, we got another super chat from my man, Brandon. At least I appreciate you, Brandon. I didn't forget about you, bro. He says, uh, it's a combo between fans understandably associating a first round in Elam with an automatic starter and Dane Jackson being better than people give credit for. You're absolutely right. And here's the deal. Dane Jackson, when Jane Jackson came onto the scene, let me, I'll tell you two things. There was a podcast that Brandon Bean was on and the podcast was with, Collinsworth, I think it was Chris Collinsworth and uh, Richard Sherman. And Brandon Bean was gushing around about Dane Jackson. He loved Dane Jackson. He loved his awareness. He loved how smart he was. He loved everything about Dane Jackson. So he's not about to just dismiss Dane Jackson out of nowhere. He ain't. He's going to give Dane every opportunity to make this squad. Dane is, is, is tough. Dane is where he needs to be. And and like my man Brandon said, I don't think people are giving him credit for how good he possibly can be. And maybe that's why Kyrie Elam isn't able to just supplant him that way. Enter Christian Benford. Christian Benford 
was slightly just, I mean, a, a late round draft pick was just there to be a depth piece and we'll see how that plays out. But he's shown that he could be in, inserted into this defense last year as a rookie and played well. And he was interchangeable. He can come in and come out, but his strength is in the zone. So maybe eventually he makes his way back to the safety position when Micah and Jordan decide to, you know what I mean? Leave the squad or whatever happens. Right. So maybe that transition is upon us. So is it a two-man race between Dane and Kair? Who the heck knows? But the point is, we've got a battle on our hands, and a lot of people associate that with if we drafted Kair Elam in the first round, he should be starting. And I'm with you because I, in a way, feel the same way. But it doesn't work that way, folks, unfortunately, because I'm a player on the squad. I got free, I'm a free agent signee, or I, I got drafted in the late rounds. The fact that I'm donning a uniform and they're giving me opportunity, I don't give a damn what round you got drafted in. I'm going to show you what I got. Stevie Johnson could have did the same thing. Stevie Johnson was the seventh round draft pick. You know what I'm saying? Easily able to be cut. But now, nah, man, Stevie Johnson Stevie Johnson has become one of the best Bills receivers ever. So it doesn't matter where you get drafted, folks. You just got to show what you got when you're on that field when they give you your opportunity. So preseason is upon us. If they stand out, and they come out and they are they're on their assignment. They know where they're supposed to be and they know what they're supposed to be doing. And you're not making mental errors because that's what it, that's what happens. One mental error can throw can lose you a game easily. If the game is 17, 17 and you you give up a mental error and that you give up a field goal because of that, because they made a big play on you and the defense makes a stop. And now we're down three because you're a mental error. There's the game. You got to be mentally sharp. Always physical. Like they say, the mental 90% of this game is mental and the next is 10%. So you better be smart because you a dummy and you can't, you, you don't know where you're supposed to be. You're not trustworthy. You got to hit the bench. You got to hit the showers, bro. It's not going to happen. So totally get what Brandon Lisi's saying. And uh, he's on it. He's totally on it. Um, my man, pleasure. Wells. I saw that comment. I saved it for later. And he says, what's up Rico, just subscribe to you uh, and enjoy your content and allow, and then, excuse me, and analysis on your team. I loved going to Canada. Keep that, <laughs> keep that guap, my dude. You're an inspiration to others. Man, I appreciate that. Pledge your wells. That's much love. And uh, listen, man, we're going we're gonna, to we'll have to chop it up sometime soon. Uh, and you're welcome to Canada anytime. Canada is a great place, great country. we got our flaws, but we it's a solid country nonetheless. Uh, and last but not least, my girl, obviously, Linda, showing some love. So much appreciated, Linda. And uh, let me go back to the live chat real quick before I get out of here. And uh, any questions, concerns, drop them in right this second before I before I head out. You know, your boys got to hit that. Uh, you got it. I got to hit that that night shift, and uh, I got to get that coffee in me. I don't know if you guys are coffee drinkers. I am. I was never a coffee drinker, ever. I started working nights, and they're like, and as soon as I started working nights, they're like, "Hey man, you better start get used to drinking coffee." I was like, "Nah, I'm good, man. I'm straight. I just need a couple hours of sleep and we straight." And I'm not what seven years into doing nights, eight years, I think. And now I'm like, I'm a coffee drinker now. But now it was about what kind of coffees do you drink? Well, I'm gonna tell you this right now, fam. I don't do black coffees. That is gross. For those that do black coffee, kudos to you. It takes a certain individual to enjoy black coffee. You gotta love coffee to drink black coffee. That shit is gross. So my black ass was like, nah, I ain't doing that. So then I started doing... I mean, I don't know how you guys do. We call it triple triples out here. So three cream, three sugar. I started doing that. Some people are like, Ugh, that's gross. All that sugar in there. That's how I used to rock, man. Because when I was younger, my granny used to make us some coffee. And we used to dip. Our, I mean, that's a, that's our, a whole other ball game. What we used to, how we grew up when we were younger. But anyway, so now I started tweaking with my coffees. I finally have 
the right amount, of, the right coffee that I have. I do a double double, two cream, two sugar, and I'm a I'm a shot of caramel. I don't give a damn. That's how I roll, and that shit keeps me straight, and it smells good. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Yo, whose coffee is that, man?" I was like, "That's mine." Don't worry about it. Mind your business. Just hand my coffee and we're going. So right now I got my coffee real good and we're about to get to the hot to the night shift and get this thing cracking. But for those that do black coffee, you're a different individual. Good for you guys because I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? My man Big Cuz says, yo, coffee is your best friend if you work nights. Listen, I do a, and, I'm, and I was, I'm doing a coffee a day, which is, that never used to be me. A coffee a day? That is nuts to me, man. So uh, yeah, I got to chill. I got to chill on that. But yeah, that's what it is, man. So, folks, we much appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, <laughs> so my man said, yo, Rico, alertness, caffeine pills. I'm telling you, caffeine pills. I've never been a caffeine pill. Uh, never been that dude, man, for caffeine pills. But if that gets me off the coffee and save me my money, then yeah, man. Because these coffees these days, like, it costs you like $3 for a damn coffee, Kyla. Crying out loud. She's crazy. And my wife is a, a coffee snob. This girl's got an espresso machine making like these little espresso shots and all that stuff. I was like, man, I could care less for that shit, man. But she's making coffee. This girl, let me tell you something. This is when you know you're a coffee snob. She got an, um, a super dope espresso machine, a small little tiny one. And she used to run with that. That thing costs like almost like $150 for that thing, right? And then she wanted another one. So we got another one. And right, I bought another one. It was like $200 for that. Something like that. Something crazy, right? She's got the big one downstairs, and she brought the mini one upstairs. What? Like, who do we think we are? Sometimes I question who the hell we think we are. You got a coffee machine upstairs in your room, and you got one downstairs. Man, you tripping. And I look at her. I'm like, every time she does it, she's brewing one. I'm like, and she's like, what? I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> I share too much. She's probably like, yo, shut your ass up. You're talking way too much. But anyway, that's it for me, folks. Enjoy the rest of your evening. We appreciate you always tuning in with your boy. And uh, we got content coming your way. Obviously, the season is upon us. We're close. We're almost there. Preseason is just around the corner. And we're about to find out what's really good, people. So let me tell you, we're there. <laughs> your wife's my, my wife's twin. Coffee in the bedroom? A coffee maker in the bedroom? Weird? No? Is it normal? Y'all do that? Man, that shit is crazy, man. And she's trying to tell me to bring the mini. Can you bring the mini fridge upstairs? I'm like, I, yo, I drew the line, man. That's it. We're done. Coffee here, mini fridge here. Next thing you want to know, you want a mini stove up here. We're not doing that shit. We're not doing that shit. You know what I'm saying? All the food up in the bedroom. We don't eat in the bedroom. I mean, we don't eat in the bedroom, but you catch what I'm saying. Anyway, that's it for me, folks. You guys have yourself an evening to yourself. Relax, and we'll catch you guys on the flip side. And uh, it's your boy, Rico. And until next time, it's your boy. And I'm gone. Have yourself a great evening. Catch you on the flip side. Peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.